And I think that that is what's what's missing a lot of the times because we'll have a bunch of there will be lesbian characters and things, but it's like they're it's like you question the attraction sometimes and then like they're like asexual almost. Yeah. Like you'll see a lot of that because I think people it's like there's conversations of like either it's like over sexualizing or under sexualizing essentially. But here I didn't that doesn't happen. <laughs> right. That, and that's something they have I think a relationship that Diana and her coworker could have had in Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> Barbara. everyone this is alex and this is em welcome to the latest episode of the good the bad the basic this is the podcast for tv lovers movie buffs and binge watchers of all ages on this podcast we'll be discussing what we loved what we hated and what's just a bit problematic about the tv and movies that we're addicted to and do a bit of rewriting where necessary for much more exclusive content, become a show producer on Patreon and get access to after the episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join the GBB family at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. Joining us for this episode are our very special guests, Sarah and Essie of the Bitches on Comics podcast. Woohoo! Pumped to be Thank here. You. This is Se. Thank you for having us. <laughs> this is Sarah. The last time Sarah and Essie were our guests here on GBB, we were discussing Lost Girl. Mm. So, of course, they were the first people to come to mind when discussing the contemporary sapphic delight that is the topic of our current episode, the sci-fi original Winona Earp. Based on the comic book miniseries by Bo Smith, this supernatural Western horror follows the great-great-granddaughter of the legendary lawman, Wyatt Earp, after she inherits the power to return reincarnated villains back to hell using her ancestor's magical gun. Winona must also do battle with other supernatural forces which which reside near her hometown as well as renew her relationship with her younger sister. This series was bold and ambitious and quickly became an audience favorite. But what did we think of Winona Earp? Stay tuned. here are some critical details on Winona Earp. The series is classified as a dark fantasy, a drama, a weird western, and supernatural. 
It was created by Emily Andrus, and it's based on the Winona Earp comic miniseries by Bo Smith. It was released from April 1st, 2016 through April 9th, 2021. It aired on the CHCHDT network for the first season in Canada. Then the Space slash CTV sci-fi channel in seasons two through four in Canada. And it aired exclusively on the sci-fi network in the U.S. The series ran for a total of four seasons and 48 episodes. The show stars Melanie Scrofano as Winona Earp, our protagonist, and Wyatt Earp's great-great-granddaughter, who inherits his magical gun, the Peacemaker. Dominique Provost Chalkley as Waverly Earp, Winona's younger half-sister, who is half-angel and an expert on ancient history and languages. Tim Rosen as Doc Holliday, Wyatt Earp's partner, who was cursed with eternal health. He later becomes Winona's partner, lover, and father to her child. And no Canadian series is complete if Tim Rosen is not part of the cast. We all know this. That's so true. <laughs> Catherine Barrow as Nicole Hot, the deputy police officer who's later promoted to sheriff. She's an openly lesbian character and Waverly's girlfriend and later wife for the series. Shamir Anderson as Alexander Dahls, the deputy marshal. He is a special agent with the Black Badge Division of the U.S. Marshal Service, and he's also a combustible mutant man. These are our major players in this show, although there is a pretty impressive list of supporting and recurring characters as well. So let's talk about Winona Earp briefly and why it took these people five years to put out four seasons, and the seasons are only 12 or 13 episodes long. Winona Earp was canceled after season three, but they had the most tenacious fans in, of all time. And after much grumbling, pouting, and foot stomping, the series was brought back for a fourth and final season so that everybody could get their closure. We love it. <laughs> Yeah, Winona Earp is one of those, I think, bona fide cult classic uh, shows, and we'll we'll probably go down as such. Um, But a little, Winona Earp is also done by Emily Andrus, who we've definitely, uh, her thumbprint has been on shows that we've covered before. She was an EP on Instant Star. Um, and then she was also an EP on Lost Girl, which was more, I think, closer to Winona Earp in terms of, like, subject matter, because they're both supernatural shows. And then you, we have Winona Earp, which is uh, trying to do a lot of things. You know, it's a supernatural show, it's a horror, but it's also, like, a a Western trying to be. And then there's, you know, Tim Rosin with who knows what that accent is. Uh, so, Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he was trying to do. I just know that he's been a part of the cast of literally every Canadian series that ever existed. I feel like the Canadian TV family is a very small one. Totally. And you can tell when you're watching the Canadian shows, right? Like, it's it's both the cast and it's, like, the lighting. Like, I don't know what Canadian lighting is, but it exists, okay? <laughs> Say what you will about him, but he's he plays a lot of different roles. All the Canadian shows feel to me very... Uh, familiar but very strange all at once like that one room in the house that nobody ever goes inside of 
<laughs> right. I'm like, okay, I get it. The accents make sense. It, the, these people don't feel uh, like they take getting used to, but it feels like almost like a subculture, a subgenre. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's talk about season one of Winona Earp. Season one was 13 episodes. It was the longest season. I remember, okay, full disclosure, I remember getting into the show when it was already on its second season because I was on YouTube and on my home page, a recommended video showed up and there were two girls making out. And I watched a video and it was the hottest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And I'm like, what is this? And it's like season two of Winona Earp. And I was like, holy shit, I need to start watching this show. Yep. And so, I feel like that's every, that's all, that that's me. That's how I got into it. Like, started watching it because of that. Basically, it was all like the way hot ship. Every person is just like, whatever flaws this has. Somebody told me around the eighth episode, there's like gay stuff. And so, but also it's like, Two incredibly beautiful people, and also um, their characters are really fun. So and they don't die, fun. and it's not queer bait. It's not yeah. bait. It's no, an actual relationship. They have. It's like that. We talked about it on the bitches on comics episode we did about this. But the saying is that way hot fucks <laughs> like other ships kiss sometimes uh way hot definitely fucks but like they do through the whole series like there's no question in my mind that those two are super into each other in a very physical way and i think that that is what's what's missing a lot of the times because we'll have a bunch of there will be lesbian characters and things but it's like they're it's like you question the attraction sometimes and then like... They're like asexual almost. Yeah, like you'll see a lot of that because I think people... It's like there's conversations of like either it's like over-sexualizing or under-sexualizing essentially. But here, I didn't... That doesn't happen. <laughs> right. That, and that's something I think... a relationship that Diana and her coworker could have had in Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> Barbara! Yeah, and it's interesting that that dynamic and like I think that's something that Emma and I have talked about, and I've also talked about with SC a lot of like it's such a hard, it's a weird thing to not like a weird, but it is like a hard thing to get right. Not and it's not hard, right? Like because the answer is like just hire like actual like lesbians, right? Maybe the queer actors, right? Like both of the actors uh, came out as queer throughout like the airing of Winona Earp from what I remember. I think both of them did during. Um, Yeah. I I think that first it was, um, oh goodness, I've forgotten her name. The person who plays Nicole, she came out, I think in season two or three and was like, I've always been bisexual and I know this and I'm, I'm married to a man, but that doesn't change my identity. Mm -hmm. And then um, Dominique came out after season three, before season four came out and was like, actually playing Waverly helped me figure out that I was bi. And I realized that I'd always been attracted to women, but I hid that from myself because I didn't think I was allowed to be attracted to women because I was also attracted to men. And after the season, the series ended, she shaved her head and like, oh my God, it's such the letter that she writes, like the um, coming out letter is available to read and it's so good. It's just like such a heartwarming moment, I guess. 
it's so beautiful. It's so like sincere, you know, she's just sharing her journey and you're just like, <laughs> I'm so happy for the kids who get to grow up with this. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Chemistry, right? Like they have it all through the series and that is, it's like, Anytime we talk about this series, of course, that's like one of the greatest draws of the series. And also it's one of those things where it really can't be overstated in the fact that there are, it's like all of these representations that we get. And this one is like the one where I'm always like, I do not question that these two are super into each other. Like it's always a thing. Season one, I mean, we're, we're, I'm sorry, we're getting sidetracked by Way Hot, but that's such a, it's such an amazing ship for all the reasons we mentioned. But mm-hmm. Waverly and Nicole are not the leads of the show. <laughs> Winona is. And Apparently. she is a boring hetero. But <laughs> um, She is fun, though. I do appreciate her. But I remember actually whenever I first started watching, I was like, I thought because everybody always talked about how queer the show was. So I thought that Winona was like a queer character. And so I was like, by the end of like season one, I was like, so she never. Oh, okay. All right. I see now. (laughs) But I just like, I, it's like, if, if that's what you go into the show thinking, like there is a lot of text around it. (laughs) But then whenever I like watched it back again, I was like, oh yeah, they're not trying to play that up at all. That was just like my expectation going into it being like, so she's going to kiss a girl at some point. Right. Like, I still think she will. I still think (laughs) kissing girls lies ahead for Winona. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. That can just, that's like, we're going to take it to AO3, but like, that's cool. That's where a lot of things have happened. So <laughs> Listen, I'm sure there's a Wattpad romance out there right now <laughs> um, being drafted at this moment as we speak. But the series opens with the first episode, Purgatory. Why, that's the town that Winona is from, this town in Nova Scotia named Purgatory. And she's returning home for her uncle's funeral. And in this first episode, her older sister uh willa was actually the one who was supposed to inherit wyatt's abilities but then she's kidnapped and winona becomes the heir listen vindication for the middle children everywhere winona earp is the only show that's like you know what let's pass over the chosen one we've got the one that's here (laughs) let's give it to her um the middle child gets to experience something cool for a change she gets the gun the peacemaker and uh, she is, she has to deal with Waverly being kidnapped as well by the Revenants. And the Revenants are what we call these reincarnated demons that Wyatt Earp had already sent to hell with his gun. They find loopholes, they find ways to keep coming back and being a scourge upon the earth. So that's her job. She's got a, it's, it's basically, she's basically a bounty hunter for demons. She's got to return them back to their prison, back to hell. The it's like the premise that keeps on giving, right? Because it's just like you just gotta kill a bunch of demons. It's like, oh, how many demons? Oh, it's like you know, uh, like eighty one. And then it's <laughs> like we just we see her constantly killing demons through the whole thing, and they're like, yeah, it's like seventy seven now. Um, <laughs> keep going. Yeah, it's 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 a never ending story with this thing, and basically <laughs> once she inherits that power. It's not the inheritance that you can refuse, unfortunately. She can either do what needs to be done or just sit back and watch as everyone in purgatory, including 
her her family and herself end up getting killed. Good times, fun times. So you're not much of a choice. In that way, the show really reminds me of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that the, that's, it's like, I've seen people use that to be dismissive towards this show, but a lot of times I'm like, this is the Buffy I kind of wanted to see, though, because, like, this is the Buffy who it's, like, much later, right? Like, there, I think we talked about this before, but it was, like, oh, it's always something with Buffy where you're, like, you're, like, 16, I don't super want to see you getting, like, tortured by vampires, <laughs> like, but then it's, like, with Winona, it's somebody who, like, is traumatized at the beginning, like, we start in a place where, like, this person has been, like, reeling from terrible things that happened to her, and, like, a lot of the series is much of the same, so I think that that's really interesting for a protagonist to actually be, like, that kind of complicated from right off the bat. Yeah, there's a lot of, um, but I mean, and I think this is just, I think you see, I think just off of Andre, like Emily Andres's work, I think that's just what she does. Like you can see, I think the huge influence Buffy had on her. Cause that's, um, this sort of, uh, only girl in the world who can solve or like do these things is also very present in Lost Girl, um, as well. Chosen one destiny thing is 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 also very very present present with Bo and her her story so to me like when I first started watching I was like oh so this is like a continuation of that and that was actually my thought and feeling was like oh wow yeah like Buffy Buffy was like really really formative for for Emily Andres because this is this is yeah why well, know Earp is sort of the later like a later Buffy mm-hmm I like that all of this stuff starts happening to her when she's good and grown. But as Sarah said, she, we enter the series with Winona already being very much traumatized. She's not in a good place. She actually went out of her way to not come home and not be in purgatory for a very long time, right? And now that she's home, she's got this fractured relationship with her sister Waverly. And they're both trying, but it's very awkward. And now she's got this responsibility that literally no one would ask for. Yeah, it's like there isn't a lot of glamour around this one, right? Like, I feel like even though it is kind of that same chosen one narrative, I think that we kind of see the effects of what that might actually be like on a person because whenever you see like oh it's like just this one person like we I, I know that on bitches on comics we've definitely talked about how that can be an issue and like uh you know I mean that's it's I think it's pretty obvious <laughs> why why having like a one chosen narrative is bad but especially a, a white woman must yeah. save us all yeah mm-hmm. you know I don't, I don't know about that We've got our issues with this. Um, but I do think that there is something to be said about the fact that at least we're, it's like, it's weird to say that it adds a little realism to it because this is not a realistic show. <laughs> like they have like super clearly prop wings. Like there's like, it is not a show that I would consider to be rooted in realism. But I would say that a lot of Winona's struggle in this series does at least ring somewhat true because it's just like, yeah, whenever you feel that bad, you know, and like obviously has like addiction issues through the entire series. Um, you know, it's like, you kind of see how it wears on her. Yeah. I think that's right. why I love the show is, is actually it's treatment of trauma. 
you know, there, there are these various moments over all four seasons where uh, Winona and Waverly will talk about some horrible, horrifying thing that happened in their childhood. And they'll just be like, ha yeah, remember how this cool thing happened? And then this horrifying thing happened. And that's our childhood. Because it's outside of the the mystical or the demonic, right? Like, they had a very abusive alcoholic father who was abusive towards their mother and towards them and drank to, you know, deal with his wounds around being the quote-unquote heir. And it's really... I think true to my own experiences of trauma where like when my sister and I who grew up together talk about what the traumatic experiences are of our lives, there's a way that we kind of just like laugh about it and talk about how sad it is. And sometimes the laughing leads to crying, but that just feels so real throughout all of the series. And I was thinking about what y'all were saying with Buffy and the comparison and it, and it feels sometimes to me like Buffy really takes till season seven to really address like what's so fucked up about the Slayer narrative, right? Like as she learns that a demon was tied to the soul of the Slayer and that's what gives her her powers and all these things. Whereas Winona Earp opens with like, that's the premise y'all. Like she is, she is stuck as much as the revenants are. This is as much her curse as theirs. And it's called a curse for that reason. And I, I just think that starts us out in such an interesting place of so much pain and like Sarah mentioned, she's an alcoholic, like her father, who she does not like, and who, you know, she shot as a child by accident, but she did shoot him. And it's just like, oh, shit, there are some layers there. Also, let's keep in mind, audience, that Winona's not the chosen one. She's the understudy. <laughs> Willa's the chosen one. Right? The, the Winona didn't want to be the chosen one. Okay, so Willa's back. What the fuck? And now she's not the chosen one, and now she doesn't know who she is, and now she can't shoot the gun, and now she can't be Winona, and she can't protect Waverly, and she can't, and she can't, and she can't. And then Willa's making all these different decisions. Like, I think it, it's what gives it so much strength in that first season. Right. And so then, so all these elements along with, you know, my daddy drank and basically her life being like a country Western song. I mean, it it strengthens this, this component of the show, which, which is a Western. Something that really stuck out to me was just the idea of like this horror Western, which seems like a no brainer actually, in fact, but um, I think at the, at this time of, at the show airing wasn't really like a thing. So I also think that that idea to make it that is is really actually quite uh, ingenious because there is so much about like the grant and granted this is like Nova Scotia it's not the West but like it is like um, it's doing all the things to be a Western and when you do think about like the West as we come to understand it like the West is like really like a horrific place isn't it it's very frightening (laughs) it's very scary out there. (laughs) Um, particularly since I'm like, I'm a big believer of like nothing good happens in the desert. Like nothing good happens (laughs) like in the West. Like it's all, everything out there wants to kill you. The people out there. You and I always get caught in this loop because I'm like, oh man, the desert's the jam. Like, yeah. How can you trust a place that doesn't have water? That's not It has so much water. 
water. It's just not where you can get to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the desert's terrifying and like hard to go to, but also it's beautiful and amazing. Uh, But it always does, for me, have a spooky vibe. I always have really vivid dreams in the desert. Like there's always, um, like, I mean, it gets so cold at night. And then like you're like, if you're camping as like a few times I was, it's like, um, you just see why there's so many, like, it, you, you would see why it would be so scary, especially in a time whenever our resources were, like, non-existent, right? And, like... Season one of Winona Earp continues with Winona Earp hooking up with her, not literally, but eventually it will be literally, hooking up with her great-great-grandfather's partner, um, Doc Holliday. Doc Holliday is cursed, quote-unquote, with eternal health. Um... I don't know. It seems kind of cool as far as curses go. I really, really don't like this narrative of the extremely much older man with a younger woman, but it's cool because they look the same age. Again, it's giving me Buffy and Angel. <laughs> I it's, it's a conceit of the show. You just got to roll with it. Yeah, you just got to let it happen. I, I, I give this a lot of grace simply because... Um, he's really the only man who could understand the unique complexity of her vocation as it were. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's some interesting things in their relationship. I think it ends in a pretty great place, but I, in this first season, they're kind of feeling it out. Right. And so it, it's kind of fun for me because then there's also like, obviously, um, He's been in a whale, uh, in a, I was going to say he's been in a whale, but he's, I just pronounce things wrong sometimes. He's been in a well <laughs> this whole time. Um, so yeah, he's been trapped. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, all kinds of demons aren't, right? Like there's demons wandering all over the place in purgatory to the extent that on the bus into town, <laughs> Winona runs immediately into a demon that kills somebody. So uh, they're everywhere. Definitely everywhere. And Doc Holliday's situation is weird because I don't feel like the show does a- enough to unpack the PTSD of having been down the well. Because isn't that like yeah. the same as being in solitary isolation or solitary confinement? Yeah. That can't be good for you. But I guess if we're going to go with the eternal health angle, I guess that means eternal mental health too? Maybe? <laughs> I wouldn't say Doc's doing great. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's not doing great. But the show's definitely... It's definitely very flippant about how that might have affected him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get, like, references to it, but they're usually, like, humor. Like, whenever he gets dropped off, like, right outside of the well, and he's like, yeah, not in the well, stupid well. <laughs> like you guys have pointed out already, Willa dies this season. Um, <gasps> Willa. Winona does manage to save Waverly. Um Xavier Dolls becomes like a huge uh, ally to Winona as well because he already knows what it is. He knows about the curse. He knows about Peacemaker. He knows everything. And he's the one that actually gives her the gun and like recruits her because apparently the marshals already know about this gun, what it is, what they can do. They're just basically waiting for the air to be tapped, you know, <laughs> unplugged, charged in, whatever to give them this gun because obviously you can't just leave it lying around for just anybody. 
I the thing I like about dolls is that he is completely unbothered <laughs> by Winona. Like it's like obviously there's stuff that's like it'll get to him in like the long term, but he never really like gives in. You see like everybody else around her have like extreme emotional reactions to literally everything she says and he's kind of just like Are you finished? Right. So the so the season ends with with Winona killing or sending Bobo. Is that that's correct, right? Mm-hmm. Bobo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sending Bobo uh, back to hell and sort of accepting that she is the one. That's how we end it with like like you said Willow also dies. So cuz Willow and Bobo had a thing and it was like that's bad because like you can't like so that so that was that and that's how we end the season. So season 1, good, bad, basic. Season one was probably the least gay season, so I'm going to give yeah. it a good minus. <laughs> good. Yeah, that's a good rating. Um, I want to say that I love Willa, and I thought that she was so fun. I kind of wanted her to come back later. I was kind of surprised that she never did. And mostly because of Waverly coming out in a way that was really cute, um, and because I loved Willa so much, I would say definitely good minus. Yeah, I'm going to concur. I mean, I'm going to go like, you know, I'm going to say good. I enjoyed it. I love how kitschy it is. I love that the pilot is just like really bad CG. I just like, oh, delicious. Love that <laughs> Shake shit. the camera. Shake the camera. Oh, <laughs> shake it more. Shake it more. Give me those practical effects. Probably um, demons. <laughs> I also if think you can't Bobo... fix a problem, highlight it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I like Bobo's style. So um, I feel really strongly about that. Yeah, I'm going to call it good. His coat was really great. Like, that's an excellent coat. Right? Like, I'm that's not an gonna, excellent coat. Excellent. Like, the Nazi haircut, not doing it. But, like, the coat, doing it. Um, <laughs> Nazi haircut. But I do like the beard that has different, like, uh, colors in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting world. Um, it's it's familiar enough that, like, I think I'm into it. Uh, I like the, like I said, I really love this idea of, like, a Western horror that feels really or specifically like a supernatural show that feels really smart um I don't understand Tim Rosin and that hat and that mustache like that that's when it became a (laughs) bit too much for me personally I was like I was like I get it like I like but all in all I it's fun and I like it and I'll give it a good minus so let's jump into season two. Season two is 12 episodes long. And before we get into season two, I, have to, I really have to commend this show for how much they can pack into these short seasons. Oh it, my it, God, it, right? <laughs> it, really, it really gives me a feeling of completion without like without feeling like I ran a marathon. Like like Sarah, I really wish that the Willa, Care, the Willa character had been brought back like sometime halfway through season season two or like the end of season two like ah she's back we found a way to like extricate her soul because i'm like well doc holiday is back um all these demons keep finding a way to come back like is it's like it's like the devil just more loyal like does he like does his back i was thinking that the reason that they couldn't bring willa back is because in the first season she's very much posed to be like the nemesis of Winona in a lot of ways, but she works so much better as the nemesis of 
Waverly. And so like later they bring her, they bring Jolene in to kind of take that role. That was like, I was just now like thinking about it and being like, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm starting to understand a narrative plan behind this in a weird way. Also probably the actor just wasn't available. Right. Cause like you would bring Willa back. She's super fun. But um, I was just thinking that in that first season, all of the really mean things that she does are to Waverly. Like she's super mean to her in a way that she, it's like, she's, definitely working to take her revenge on Winona and everything. So she doesn't like Winona, but it's like Waverly is the one who kind of sees how mean she's being. Right. And like, it's kind of directed at her when nobody else is around in these really interesting ways. And she like hates hot and like all of those things, I think made her be really effective um, in ways that Winona just catches up to at the very end because Winona's dealing with so much guilt over everything. And so that's, uh, I don't know, it's interesting how in that first season I see Willa and Waverly's relationship as being so interesting and then Winona is kind of making it be about herself and that's almost like what her arc is, <laughs> is that, um, you know, she's just like so consumed by guilt and trying to do the right thing that it really clouds her judgment around her. Right, right, right. No, you make a lot of excellent points. Um, it's possible that Willa served her purpose and now she was no longer needed. Because I, I saw what you saw in regards to her being really mean to Waverly. Yeah. I don't I don't know how that would have panned out narrative-wise. It probably would have been a huge um, obstacle or distraction to the way hot ship. And honestly, if I had to choose between that ship and Willa, Willa can stay dead, actually. Mm, yeah, but yeah. I did love that actor and I loved the vibes. So I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I would say like halfway through season two, if she would have come back, I'm sure they would have figured it out. Right. So I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I feel both ways about it, I guess. Um, but yeah, she's super fun. I loved that character. And and it would have been nice to see a little bit more about at least them like dealing with the fallout of it. Right. I think that that's like one of the big things is like we never really see that much about Willa going forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was mean, so... <laughs> With Winona, it's like, you do get a lot of trauma from her, but yeah, I don't know. Willa, Willa is one of those characters that kind of vanishes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think they just, they had the, the, the time and the energy for her. And since this series only had 12 episodes going forward in every season, I will give them a break because you know what? Their whole life was surrounded by trauma and chaos before and after Willa, unfortunately. Um, I don't think she got much time to grieve. Um, this season, season two, Waverly becomes more drawn into... I hate the word shenanigans because it makes everything sound very, very light. And I hate the word adventure because it makes everything sound very, very fun. But she makes she gets drawn into this, uh, Winona's life. And um, it, it puts a strain on her relationship with Nicole because Nicole's an actual lawman, not a supernatural one. And not all the things that they're doing are being done by the book or very legally and she's keeping secrets from nicole yeah <laughs> right it's like that whole like when do we induct nicole into the scooby gang um yeah. like that uh, and all these shows have that tension right like she, yeah and it's interesting how the show sort of thinks about this idea because i mean and i feel like i guess we're gonna keep 
mentioning Buffy. We're gonna so and to not mention Buffy again, let's look at Lost Girl since this is that's Emily <laughs> Andres's like most recent work, right? Uh like so Lost Girl works because I mean part of why Lost Girl works is because like everyone is Faye. Um, so that that problem doesn't necessarily come up. Uh, and and Kenzie is really the only human character. Um, Purgatory, it's like not everybody is a demon. It's just demons sort of walk among them. So you do have like a Sunnydale effect where everybody knows, but they don't, but they pretend not to know. Um, and it's it's one of those matrixy red pill, blue pill things uh it'd be interesting if like a show like this is ever done again uh for the conceit i would be interested to see like the conceit be like everybody just knows everybody knows because i think that's um this this like because nicole doesn't know for the sake of like plot and drama intention but to be honest like it's it's a boring source, I would say. And, like, I was bored with it when I was watching it. I was like, just get get there already. Like, and we do eventually get there. So whenever I think about oh, okay. the second season, it's like Waverly gets possessed, right? Like, that's a mm-hmm. big thing <laughs> that mm-hmm. happens. Um, gets her I hand mean, cut off. It comes back. I tell you what else I remember is whenever the, my favorite of all of the tropes, which is whenever they go into an alternate reality and then the people mm. who are into each other in this reality are still super into each other <laughs> in the other reality. So the one, I remember that, this is the one where they, Winona, does she become pregnant in this one? Or was it season yes, three? Yes, she is okay. pregnant this season. This is a she big gives birth at the finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's many things widows. happen. This is the big bad of this season oh my is the God, widows. Oh my God, the widows. I love mm-hmm. them so much. Okay, I so know. Mercedes is like one of the best characters, right? Like on television pretty much because she's like, I always love this character so much. And then I, I think she comes into her own like later on. I remember, I believe in season three or four, there's like this scene where uh, Winona is kind of like calling her out for being so self-interested and self-involved and like Mercedes just like I'm your friend I just don't want my face cut off again <laughs> like I will be there for you but I will leave before the face cutting thing happens <laughs> like um fair yeah I, mean, I think it's super fair, fair. That's the thing is, is like, I feel like that's a they it, a lot of these shows are kind of like showing everybody a their best right their best and their worst so you have people who go into like full out villainy and then you have people who are just like and now I'm gonna take a stand that I never would have taken otherwise because it's been pushed to the limit this might be my last day on earth and like all of that stuff and I love that Mercedes is just kind of like oh it's another day and I want to live to see another day so like she's kind of just like rolling as she can but in this season she gets turned into one of the widows which is terrifying and this is like their own they have their own incel arc right like this dude who's just awful and obsessed with waverly uh is like their brother um man yeah what a season <laughs> yeah this is a crazy, lot of stuff but I, 
I love Mercedes and the, you know, I'm anti-face cutting, like my friendship, <laughs> my friendship has that limit. Yeah. Because this was one of the first characters I'd ever seen on a show like this that had like a self-preservatory instinct. Yeah. Who wasn't I like mean, thereby killed and shamed, right? Like it's like, or right. it's like, there's only, you can only have a bad ending if you're that right. in like one of these shows. Yeah for like a handful of very attractive people. So I get that. But like, <laughs> it's usually because I'm very attracted to them. Like Rahul Kohli, like, I don't care. You could do whatever you want to me. I'm in buddy. I will fuck up my marriage. I will fuck up my life for you. But like for Winona, if you're just like Mercedes and you're like, I'm also a mean girl. And also I don't want to be here. Yeah. I like that. She's like, no, no, no. <laughs> She I like that she so also funny. flips sides like nothing. She's All like, of the time. well, Balthazar's not going to kill me or Bullshar's not going to kill me. So if I'm like his wife, so I'm like, oh, why are you stressed? I'm just going to be his wife. I have nothing but respect <laughs> yeah. for that. I, I mean, I know this, this is a fantasy, but I can't suspend belief enough to believe that everybody's just, you know, super willing to lay down their life for the protagonist. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Oh my God, you all, do you know what else I just realized? This is Rosita season, right? Like this is where Rosita yeah. comes in. Yeah. Uh, my other amazing favorite character of this show. I love her so much. It hurts. Like what a great character. She's the um, like biochemist slash mixologist. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. She um, shares an intimate moment with Waverly, which almost like, changes the way hot ship but those two are meant to be um and rosita's really cool too because she is self-preserving in this as well because winona's basically like once she finds out that this woman is a revenant like she's just like yeah so like i mean i'll save you for last but eventually i'm gonna kill you and so at the end whenever rosita sees a way out whenever she's like i'm gonna use winona's baby against her and like she betrays winona and it's like yeah that makes sense she comes back later and i love her the way that her arc ends but we don't have to go there right now and this season i think that she is by far and away one of the highlights of the whole season She's sexy, right. she's brilliant, she's fucking doc, despite Winona's presence as baby mama. <laughs> she's she's like living the Rosita dream. I love, too, that she's like, do you really think that everyone Wyatt killed is like a piece of shit monster? Because, like, I, I'm, I'm not. This whole question that she asked Kisses. Winona, do you really believe that everyone that Wyatt Earp you know, sent to hell with the peacemaker was a bad person. It's an interesting question because th that gun makes him judge, jury, and executioner, period. There's no way around it, right? And this idea that one person gets to decide what is good and what is bad and who is good and who is bad and that their authority is absolute is completely ridiculous. And it's a question that I think white people should ask about their ancestors more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's gives, just this. Oh, sorry. I see. Go ahead. No, I was going to, I think you're going to, we're going to go to the same place. Yeah. But <laughs> I was going to say, there's just like this narrative, right. Of like why it had to quote tame the West. And Rosita is a woman of color and she's like, uh, what do you mean that you had to tame the West? She's also a queer woman of color. So it's just, I think there's, 
I don't think the show goes there enough, but I think there are these moments where it sort of dances around the edges of some accountability around this. And I, I really love that about it. And I, I wish it had taken it further and deeper. And I wish Rosita's part was like 15 times bigger because I'm not surprised mm-hmm. that you don't remember her, Alex. Like <laughs> that makes sense to me. <laughs> She's right. not in that much of it. <laughs> and she is there yeah. kind of at the same time corresponding with Kate doing kind of the same things that Kate does for like a second there, because it's like Kate shows up as like this, like, Oh, I'm going to, here I am as like the person who's between, you know, Winona and Doc. And it's just like kind of hackneyed a little bit. But like, I think that once again, Kate is a really fun character, even though it's like she does like the way that tarot cards work in fiction is so funny every time because it's just like you flip a tarot card and it's like, I know what happened at this place at that time. And like all of this stuff. And it's like, that's uh, Winona has her baby. Yay. Um, Rosalie tries to steal that baby because Rosalie's doing whatever she needs to do to stay alive. Rosalie is treated, honestly, in a lot of ways like the Catherine Pierce character in TVD. Everybody's mad at her for trying to save her own life, but like, what would you do? What would Jesus do? Yeah, Rosita's like, uh, you've basically given me a death sentence. Um, right. We're not friends. I don't care about you. Yeah, I'm not going to just stick like, around shrugs. and lay down my life for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's stupid to assume that. Um, you know, and like I said, Rosita makes ex- excellent points in regards to uh, <laughs> the long white arm of the lawman and um, what it means to have one person and one person only decide that you are guilty and you're not worth living or you're not worth uh, keeping alive. Obviously, these ideas are vastly underexplored, but the Rosita character is a character who, although we didn't see enough of her in seasons two, three, and four, I feel like, um, you know, like I think it was Sarah or Essie who said earlier that this is a character that could have gotten their own show. Oh, yeah. I think that that's kind of the thing is, is like we have multiple characters that deserve so much spotlight. And I appreciate that a lot of those characters do come back. You can tell that the people are like, I like that actor. Go ahead and bring him back. You know, it's fun to... I love that, like, Rosita's arc, it, it, like, concludes in a way that's interesting to me that doesn't require her to sacrifice herself, right? And, like, I think that that's good. And I love that they come back. Like, I think that there's things that are good about it. But then it's also definitely everything you say is obviously correct. Because, um, yeah, it's like they they just should have their own shows. They, there should be time and space for characters like that to have their own shows. And listen, I'm, and I will say that is the re- and the re- and like I will say, and this is something I've talked about with a lot of people, but like that's that is like the reason for the twenty two episode season, like that, like this is it, like this is it right here, like um, that's the point, uh, is because like in a twenty two episode season arc, you have time, like you have time and space for like these characters to be more and I think to finish them out in ways that are satisfying and for mm-hmm. these beats to like and to have like all those sort of really nuanced beats there is something to that 22 episodes that you need particularly if you want to have like a larger ensemble cast um that you can have all these things and explore all these things and like really think about these characters and like in deeper deeper ways that that make sense and are are cool 
Right, yeah. I agree with that. So what do we give season two? Good, bad, or basic? Um, I don't know. I'm giving it, like, you guys, I don't know. The pregnant thing, like, really ju- made <laughs> jump the shark for me. Yeah, sure. Like, on a show that, like, I was already, like, not, um... Like, it's, like, I get that the show's a cult classic, and I get why people like it, but for me, this show was not, I did not particularly enjoy it for whatever reason. I think maybe I'm in a weird headspace right now, but uh, mm-hmm. it definitely hit, like, a basic minus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give it a good. It was gayer. Um, I like Rosita, and I like Kate. I wasn't here for the pregnancy because I was like, it's only the second season. Like, that's a lot. But it didn't, it didn't completely repel me. So I'm giving it a good. What about you, S.E.? I liked it. It's gayer. I like that. I liked the pregnancy. I get why it doesn't work, but I'm like... Pregnancy is just tough for TV, and mm-hmm. I would love to sometimes hear from you all other options you think of people doing a better job. But I feel like in like a mystical world where like your lead actor came in pregnant for season two, and you know like she looks super fucking pregnant, you got to do something with that. I liked it, but I also like most things. To be fair, <laughs> I like TV. I enjoy it. But yeah, I I would I, yeah I'm gonna say good minus because I I you know I I feel like they never figured out what to do with Rosita and she is just so delightful. And I feel like, um, th- some of the flashback episodes in this season get a bit old for me. Like, I'm like, okay, wrap it up. Like I know the old West, like is very important, blah, blah, blah. Like, come on. Okay. And Sarah. Yeah. It's like with this, with this series, what happens is that there's parts of it where I'm like, you lost me. Like that didn't work or like something like that. And they're fairly frequent, but for some reason it's like, I am just able to like pop on the gay goggles and like, just be there for the whole thing. So I love it. Amen. (laughs) It's like, and it's rare. Pop on the gay goggles is a phrase I will be using for the rest of my (laughs) life. So I just want to say thank you for doing that to me. Because that is exactly what I do with this fucking show. Like, sometimes yeah. I forget what happens with the straight characters. Because as Sarah knows, I had canon uh, Doc as bi because I yeah. feel like he and Wyatt were definitely fucking. And yes. it's like, that's really important to me. I love it. We'll get into, like, the fourth season characters. Apologies for keeping jumping ahead because that's what I think of the show as. And I'm yeah. like... I, you know, I just forget. I forget. I'm like, oh yeah, why not? Why not? It was a piece of shit about that. Like, oh, that person was a piece of shit. But I'm like, you know what? Waverly and Rosita kiss. So ten yes. out of ten. Ten See, out of ten. This is my thing. I'm like, I remember Waverly and Rosita. They were in like a hot tub. There was like feelings. It was like emotionally charged. Um, I like the. Uh, I like the jokes. I have to make a point of that because I feel like whenever I watch this show, the humor is so much of what does sell me on it because you'll see them kind of be like, that was weird or something, but they, they acknowledge it in like the text in a way that I think actually works. Cause I'm not a big fan of like meta commentary, but when it is good, it's good. And I think that they're pretty great about it. Honestly. Yeah. I'm just going to have to go with good because I liked this season. Um, Yeah. Definitely, definitely one of those, one of those things. Uh, I'm so, 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 so sorry. Sorry, you guys. Uh, give me two, two seconds. Yeah, you're good. Sorry. 
No problem. Oh, shit. Uh, I'm so gassy. Oh, no. That was TMI. Oh. Season three, you guys. Season three, 12 episodes again. The Cult of Bashar is like a whole thing. Um, uh, and Waverly gets herself kidnapped again, bro. Mm. Oh, Waverly yeah. Again. Very much so. And now, but this time, Nicole knows what's going on. So Nicole's out here. She's got to save her girl, you know? Sigh. Yeah, season three is like the whole thing is um angel demons yeah angel demons and uh the the cult of bulshar and like everybody's trying to get to the garden of eden for reasons um and we find out i think in the end that like waverly is like actually like an angel but like not all the way yeah, she's half angel. Yeah, and then she kind of becomes one. Um, angels are actually cooler than 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 most supernatural shows allude to. I did some reading recently, and I'd, I'd like to see that in the future more. Um, are you talking like Metatron style? Was giving me a little bit Paige from Charmed, you know, because she was like half white lighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's oh, giving. Yeah, yeah. It's giving Paige. It was giving like Valkyrie from Lost Girl, but like angels are. Yeah, no, I was doing like some reading recently for angels, angel lore, and like, uh, just like in like the original sort of they come from and stuff like in the Hebrew tradition, like judea like tradition or whatever and they're like much cooler like like they're not actually like people they're not like, pretty they have yeah, so many pretty. eyes yeah they have a lot of eyes fuck. yeah yeah and they're actually really scary um there's a zombie movie that actually depicts them exactly that way and it takes place in jerusalem <laughs> what you guys, oh, I, 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 I gotta look this up because uh, I forgot the title, but I remember uh, Gael Grabglas uh, from from Jane the Virgin. She's one of the leads in the movie, so I'm gonna mm. look up the title. You should absolutely watch it. I saw it on Amazon Prime with my sister um, last year. Yes, it's called Jerusalem with a Z. <laughs> Okay. It came out in 2015. Check that out. The angels look exactly like that. Many eyes. They've got like holes in their wings. They're really ugly. Um, they're really terrifying. Check it out. Great zombie flick. I just drew it up and I'm like, all right, yep, I'm watching that. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. on the list. Check it out. Yeah, they're like, yeah, they're scarier. Like, um, uh, and like they're they're not like always like they can be people, but for the most part they're not people actually. Like that's why I think when like they get mentioned, they very specifically get mentioned by names because like they're not like um they're yeah they're not really people. The idea or at least yeah they're like weirder, which is cool actually. Yeah, here it's just like a. Oh, I'm so sorry, but it's just a uh, here. It's basically just a regular old blonde dude, right? So you're just but like, a very, like very pretty. They're pretty. They're like precious, and they're focused. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's basically white people at their peak youth and peak attractiveness being depicted mm. as angels. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why. I wonder why that happens, JK. <laughs> because I think there is a very real subliminal propaganda to depict as white people as being closest to God. Yeah, for Absolutely. sure. I don't even know if it's like not on purpose. You know, I don't even know what you said subconscious. Oh, I think it's, it's on like, purpose, right? It's like it's very like about it, right? conscious too, right? Like or whatever we call that, super conscious. Because it's like why like, does oh, look, Jesus... Jesus looks just like me? Jesus looks like me, doesn't he? He's so perfect. And it's like, how do I spell no, the last I'm name? Look it up. Uh, the the last name is spelled D A H L H A U S Ben Dahlhaus. Jesus oh, wow. looks like him, circa long hair. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I buy it. Tell me this isn't the Jesus you've seen in all the paintings. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, 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 it's like, you know, hmm, I would, hmm, hmm. I don't think that's factual. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> but that's what the look they're going for. Peak youth, peak attractiveness, uh, healthy head of hair. It's it's giving very much, we are the children of the light, and you are the children of the dirt. <laughs> oh my fucking God, that is so well put. Ugh. <laughs> um, but I, yeah. like, I, I, I like the way that angels are, you know, historically, you know... Uh, talked about prior to like paintings and movies and that type of iconography the way the angels are depicted the way that alex spoke about is much 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 more interesting yeah they're they're like they're, they're interesting like and like that was like the whole like the whole lore is that like yeah it's like particularly like you were talking about because there are different kinds and it's like the one with all the eyes that are like ugly and like wing like they're they're winged and like they have a bunch of eyes on them. Like the whole thing is, is like you can't look at them or else like you die. Like mm-hmm. um, and that's why they put on a human suit sometimes, right? Because they're he, like, Yeah, listen, I don't want to kill all of you. You seem kind of okay. Okay. Like, yeah. You're not supposed to, yeah, if you look at them directly, like you die. And like that's with that in mind, my only gripe with Waverly being half angel is that she's not taller because the Bible clearly states that the children of men and angels were giants. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, she is very short. I thought it was kind of goofy. I'm like, anytime like angel God stuff starts coming in, I'm just like, you know what? I guess I'm here for it because I don't have anywhere else to be, but like, I don't really know about this. I loved, however, there were things about this season that were my very favorite things about it. I loved when they brought in the mom. I thought that she was really fun. I liked the actor that played her. I enjoyed the labels, bitch. (laughs) Megan follows is like my favorite Canadian actress. Megan, if you're listening to this, I would do anything just to clean your boots. Thank you. Oh my God. Yeah. She's fun. She's real fun as the mom and like kind of uh, the way that she's always just kind of like, yep. <laughs> like there's just no real surprise ever from her. I mean, she's one of those that I'm like, should have been back. Demons in this world, you are going to have to face on your own. Yeah. I can't do it all for you, baby. 
She's like, goodbye. I've got to go, like, <laughs> adios. I got to find the snack that I like, you know, like, whatever. But it's so funny to me. I love her a lot. And uh, the episodes that she's in, I think, are really good. I love the, I believe it's like actually a Christmas episode that's really fun with them. Um, and the Jolene episode, right? It is like season three. And that is like my favorite. Se- that's my favorite episode of all of the episodes because it is so fun. So we get, um, is her name Joe? What's her name? Jolene. It's yeah, Jolene. but the person that plays Jolene. Oh, I don't recall, honestly. Zoe fucking Palmer. From who's also a Canadian staple. She's also from Dark Matter. Yeah. She was also on uh, Boss Girl, right? And she mm-hmm. was on Instant Star. Yeah, she's a Canadian staple. She's she's definitely d- does the rounds she on all the Canadian goes shows off as Jolene. Like she is so fun as Jolene. First of all, in this in this season, as she's playing this kind of weird charmer who, like, everybody loves except for Waverly. And, like, Waverly, it's like her demon self or whatever, right? Like a demon that attaches itself when to Waverly. anything so pure is brought into the world as a half-angel, <laughs> something oh just as evil must come as well and be destined to destroy her, but only if she can manipulate her into taking her own life. See, that I think is a little bit goofy, but I think it's like the way that they describe that is a little weird, but I also am like, I love Jolene so much. And I think that she's a great villain. Anna Silk also appears in this season, Bo from Lost Girl, as the character Kevin, who is Mm -hmm. an emissary of, I don't know, God, good. And she's just mean. It's so fun. She's just a dick and it's perfect. Yeah, honestly, I've been wanting to see um, Zoe Palmer as a villain for a long time because she, she just has one of those faces. I always got villain energy from her. I was always waiting for her to betray <laughs> Bo on Lost Girl, and it never happened. And I was like, oh, well, that's a waste. <laughs> well, she spy-banged her in season villain. one, right? Like, she spy-banged her in season one. So, like, she had a little bit of villainy, but she was so apologetic. You're right. They yeah, they kept, her, they kept her too grave for me. I wanted her to go, like, full, unapologetically... I'm going to ruin your life. And then, like, she did, and it was amazing. (laughs) Love it. So what do we think of season three, everyone? Good, bad, or basic? Mercedes makes a pretty strong appearance in it. I mean, like, there's a, like, it's one of those ones where I'm like, I am totally lost on the angel stuff. I am totally here for Jolene. I am, you know, there's so much so much good in it that I feel like it does outweigh the bad yet again. This one, I think if I was going to give any of them a basic, it'd have to be this one. Cause angel stuff really does lose me, but I'm still going to give it a good minus. Cause I still really liked it. I think a lot of this stuff was fun, even though it was all like, for me, it was like, there's like God stuff happening in the background. I don't have to super pay attention to that because it's all about like the character dynamics and they were good enough at dealing with like the character dynamics that made it worth it for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what about USA? I really love the end of season twist where she's like, I'm going to get all the revenants on my side. We're going to take down Bullshar. She's like ready for battle. And then it all just falls apart at her feet and the revenants like disappear. And I thought that was a really fun twist at the end. So I enjoyed that. I'm going to give it a good minus. Cause I do have a hard time with like, I don't know white people angels 
<laughs> like mm-hmm. all the chosen one, like it takes on a new narrative where it's like, oh, who's the real chosen one? Is it, is it uh, Willa come Winona or is it Waverly? She's the child of an angel. Isn't it her job? To-? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. They could have done anything else, you know? It's like the angel <laughs> thing was pretty goofy. Um, I liked that Winona has sex with the angel. <laughs> that was hilarious. That's but, like um, her, her sister's dad, and you're just oh, like, so ew. Funny. Yeah, that is funny. Um, yeah, so I'll give it that, too. But I, I do agree that I'm like, all right, it does. it did earn that minus, right? Like, Yeah. What about you, uh, Alex? Um, it's like, uh, shout out to Kate. Sorry, Kate. Um, you were cool. Yeah. Shout out to the actress who did her hair. Uh, but even Kate's not really enough for, for me, for, to save it for me. Uh, uh, so it's like a, it's like a, a basic, just like a basic minus. Kate's really cool though. Like I think the look, her Kate's look should be like replicated somehow. Cause like I, mm-hmm. like I said, I know that actress thought of like that own shit. Like she is in this, she has this like this incredible ponytail that's yeah. like encased in gold. And like, she has like grills that like, are, like she has like gold, like vampire, vampire grills. grill. Like, yeah. She looks incredible here. Get here. out of here with that. And that's then the so actress. Perfect. And then the actress is like super beautiful and like, you know, really, um, She's really beautiful, and she's uh, she's got an energy. So she's got a really sexy energy. So, like, season three is actually <laughs> my favorite season because if this is all I had ever seen of the show, I'd be like, this is ridiculous, but I can't stop watching. <laughs> and I will say, like, in, in tr- like I want to repeat, like, I do think I'm just not in the right headspace. I wasn't in the right – I'm not in the right headspace for this show sure. when, like, yeah. when I watched it. Like, because I just come off of Midnight Mass, which I really liked and right. I thought was really great. And I just come off of, like, Made, which I also really liked and thought was really great. Oh, and, and those so, are, those are like, complicated, like, <laughs> like yeah. emotional arcs. arcs. Whereas, like, yeah, with Winona, it's definitely just, like, we're fighting z- demons. <laughs> we're, like, and it's not like that those can't have, like, devastating emotional arcs. But, like, this show was not one of them. Like... Because season three ended in 2018 and season four wasn't released until 2020 for the reasons I explained at the top of the episode. Let's get into season four. Everybody knew going in that season four would be the final season of Winona Earp. Let's talk about it. What are some of your favorite moments from this last season? Uh, I'm I'm going to start with the obvious. Uh, Nicole and Waverly's wedding. Oh, yeah. God. So good. It was leading to it like they hadn't um, they hadn't agreed to be married. I believe Waverly had proposed to her, I think, like twice and like neither time had it really gotten there because other things were happening, other incredibly chaotic and dangerous things. For instance, Waverly getting sucked into like the Garden of Eden. (laughs) So that was wild. Um, That was wild. But I think that, yeah, it was like that was a hundred percent so good. And like, there's something that I always, whenever I rewatched this series, I watched from the last episode to the first episode and seeing where Waverly 
is in the last episode compared to where she's at in the first episode is just like heartbreaking. It's like I cried during the wedding. I cried during that episode when she says goodbye to Winona, but I cried whenever I watched the first episode because I was like, this character actually got an arc. Like these side characters don't always. And like, sometimes it's like, you'll see them and you're like, yeah, you're more or less like the same as you were in the beginning and in the end. Right. Like you'll have these kind Mm -hmm. of side characters that are just going to go on being side characters (laughs) for like the rest of their time. But I think with this one, I was like, yeah, it makes it's, this is where I'm like, Waverly was so important to this show being successful and being good because it, completely humanizes Winona in a lot of ways because otherwise we don't really see her good side as much as you would need to for us to have like a heroic arc for her. And then um, like the stuff with hot, obviously really beautiful because like they, uh, you know, they find each other in this way that I think is just very charming. So I think like all of, all of that. Yeah. 100%. This was my favorite season. I loved this season. I thought that like it is, has the same like, rockiness as far as like episode to episode you never really know what vibe you're going with you know um you kind of have to be like a fourth of the way through the episode to be like oh so we're doing like a funny episode um but I think that it really worked for me because it it gave me all of the different things I wanted from this show and uh, obviously it wraps up Rosita's arc in a way that I thought was great because it ended up with a fight and um (laughs) with nuns and uh then Rosita kind of maybe marrying all the nuns Mm -hmm. I just have to say (laughs) chili cook-off chili cook-off for freedom oh my god not today (laughs) satan it is it is absurd. First of all, Satan tastes horrible. I'm sorry, vegans. It does. It tastes horrible. I would rather have tofu chili. Fried. So covered in grease and covered in yeah. the most delicious <laughs> condiment on earth. It's edible. Yeah. That's like my standard for most food. Yeah, I mean this 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 season was honestly I don't I don't feel like it was as heavy as season two and three but um you know like sarah mentioned waverly had a really beautiful great character arc i really love that they did not bury the gays i love that she got her happy ending i feel like winona or you know she's got her trauma but she's definitely coping better than when she came into season one yeah i i really don't feel like the fourth season was that heavy and i think that's a good thing when you know it's your last season this is not the time to throw in all the mess and give us a bunch of cliffhangers. Fourth season felt like really like for the fans, which I think is, yeah, like, yeah, it should be yeah, at agree. that point. It was like, yeah, here's your little closure. Leave us alone now. <laughs> here's your closure. Here's your wedding. Stop complaining about it on the internet now. <laughs> yeah. I hope and, like, not. People are still here for it. Oh, and no, at least, like, playing. Waverly and, you know, Waverly and her, her girl got the ending that, you know, uh, Logan and Veronica should have had. But, oh, my God, Veronica Mars did Logan so filthy. I'm still not over it. <laughs> in terms of, like, fan service. In terms of fan service. I was like, yeah, that's that's what you do for the fans. Like, you go in and you you just give them what they want. You do all the things. You don't. Um, season four, how do you guys feel? Well, I just wanted to say on the finale, I was curious how you all felt about this. Cause I know Sarah and I both thought it was like 
great that they did a monster of the week for their final episode. I think so often finales end up being season series finales end up being like you said, trying to set off a cliffhanger or trying to wrap everything up or trying to whatever. And it, it does a lot of that, but there's still like the haunted wedding dress. And that was really fun to me. It made me feel like, Oh, this is what I like about this show is the monster of the week. But I'm curious, how did you all feel about the finale? I really liked it. I actually loved it. Like, yes, there was a problem. There was a hitch because this is purgatory and this is Winona Earp and these things are going to happen. But um, I like that we got kind of got that like throwback to, you know, um, it, it felt very Elvira to me <laughs> without consuming the finale. Yeah, I think for what the show is and for what the show always tried, just for, for what the show is, like, it was fine. Um, it, and that's, and that's all you could ask for. Like, my big thing is always that just, like, it matches, you want, like, your ending to just match your tone of the show. Or, uh, in generally, like, what your show's been about. And I think it did that, and I think that's all you can ask for. Agreed, agreed. Um, so what grade are we giving season four, everyone? I'm going to give it a good, I'm just going to say that right now, um, <laughs> maybe even a basic, but it's not like a basic, oh, this is lacking. It's a basic of this is fine. This is what we signed up for going in and I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm giving it like a good for what it was and for what it was trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and good for like, I think the fans, cause like, that's I think that's my biggest thing is that like season four I really felt all the sort of like fan stuff coming through, and I think considering the stuff around it like that's that's good that's what you want. Um, Agreed. I'm gonna go good plus on this one because this was just my favorite. I think a lot of things clicked into place. I loved Nicole Valdez. Like I enjoyed Jeremy's parts in this season more than I enjoyed him before. I think that he was really fun. And I loved, yeah, Waverly's arc was just incredible. I think that that made me really love this. And then even at the end, even though it was just kind of like this kind of problematic relationship, like it has a happy ending or whatever. I was like, you know what? Honestly, I buy it. I'll take it. Like they deserve each other for sure. Yeah. Like why don't that doc deserve each other? It's like, Fair enough. <laughs> By the end, it makes a lot more sense. I think in the beginning, like, maybe not. And then there was times throughout where you're kind of like, maybe not. <laughs> you two don't seem too good for each other. Um, but at the end, you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to do what Winona does. And I'm going to get in touch with my vulnerability. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to let myself enjoy these two riding off into the sunset quite literally. Quite literally. Right. No, I understand that. And like I said, the show gave a lot, the fans a lot of closure. Shout out to the tenacity of the fans and shout out to the, um, the showrunner and the writers for, you know, completing that, that arc and giving the fans what they deserved and giving the show the ending that the characters deserved. Um, I'm happy with it. I think they did a good job. I honestly don't think the show should have gone beyond the fourth season. So I think it ended right where it needed to. (laughs) It feels like it feels final in a way that's that's satisfying uh, and can be for for everybody. Um, 
Satisfying is the word. You're absolutely right, Alex. I, I just feel like I finished that episode, bawled my eyes out. I bawl my eyes out at the end of every TV show, even if I hate it. Like, I get to the end, and I just am so sad that TV ends. <laughs> so I gave, had myself a good cry, and I was very emotionally attached to this story. So I had myself a good cry, and I was like, damn, I don't even know where they'd go from here. Like, this is so good. Yeah, and, you know, Tim Rosin will, will go on to, to be... Oh, he's already been cast in another thing. I saw a commercial for it on sci-fi. He's in another sci-fi show. I don't know what the fuck it is. He's always booked and busy. And always always at (laughs) sci-fi. Listen, if it's one thing that Tim Rosen's going to do, it's work. Listen, like, he's he's never going to be without a job, ever. He's like, I can do any accent. have it folks this is everything that we think made winona earp good bad basic and legendary if you'd like to check out this series winona earp is currently streaming on netflix if you've enjoyed this episode of the good the bad the basic be sure to share with your friends and if you're a patron on our patreon check out the winona earp playlist tune in next week as we keep the season going with a recap of fox's hit crime drama gotham Gotham is also currently streaming on Netflix, so go refresh your memory. You don't want to miss out on this combo. This episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic is airing on October 14th. This is the time that the viewers are listening. So Sarah, Essie, please tell our listeners what your latest episode is and where they can find Bitches on Comics. Thank you so much for that intro to plugging ourselves. You all are the best. Thank you for having us on the pod. We got to figure out what y'all are come back for next because obviously we love having you on our pod. So you can find Bitches on Comics on Twitter and Instagram at at Bitches on Comics, all spelled out. And you can listen to us on whatever platform you stream your podcasts on. If we're not there, hit us up. I'll fix it. I promise. But, you know, Spotify, Apple, pod chaser whatever feels right go for it y'all do what's right for you our episode our most recent episode came out yesterday hopefully we've, we're having some behind the scenes issues We've got a couple like personal emergencies going on but fingers crossed it should be coming out yesterday and if not it'll be coming out next week that is an interview with ada hoffman and rb lemberg two authors who write about queer and trans folks in speculative fiction and we get big into queer and trans representation and into neurodiversity which was a very cool conversation so we'd love to have you join us and again you can find us at at bitches on comics on twitter or instagram our website is bitches you can listen to episodes there or wherever you get your podcasts thanks so much for joining us uh, for today's episode you guys as always it's all it's always a pleasure and a in a time uh, to say the least <laughs> yeah well um loved having you we'll definitely be inviting you again um the good the bad the basic is currently streaming 
on all major podcast platforms. So be sure to tune into our regular weekly episodes on the go and leave us a review on your preferred platform. You can share our weekly episodes on your social media and follow us at the Good Bad Basic on Twitter and at Good Bad Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also, be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic, where our weekly episodes debut. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron over on Patreon. Bitches on Comics also has a Patreon page. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. And please keep in mind that your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. If you haven't already, please check out our Winona Earp playlist All the bangers and bops that were featured on this series is going to be there. Until next time, bye everyone.